Welcome to the 17th in a series of special podcasts presented by the Union County, Ohio Drug-Free Coalition. I'm Pete Emmons, your host. The National Association of Counties reports that 20 million adults in the United States have a substance use disorder. In addition, 130 people in the country die every day due to opiate overdoses. The CDC reports that one in five adults in the U.S. have some form of mental health issue and that there are 14.5 suicides per 100,000 citizens. Today, our topic is dealing with behavioral health and substance abuse crisis disorders. Our expert panel includes Josh Dillahan, officer and Marysville Police Department coordinator of the Comprehensive Intervention Crisis Program, also Deputy Sheriff Brown, crisis intervention team member and critical incident stress management team coordinator with the Union County, Ohio Sheriff's Office, and Rich Crabtree, Deputy Sheriff of the Union County, Ohio Sheriff's Office. Well, welcome to the show, everybody, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to really give us some great insight on this critical health issue. Let's begin with a little background on the transition to a collaborative crisis intervention team approach. Morgan, from a mental health perspective, what were the primary reasons for a major switch to this innovative approach? It started in Memphis, Tennessee in the late 1980s where an individual suffering a mental health crisis uh, was shot and killed by responding law enforcement. Okay, now from a law enforcement point of view, go a little bit further, elaborate uh, what this did in terms of this approach. So that, that started the CIT that most law enforcement use, which is the crisis intervention team. And that started officers getting trained in a 40-hour uh, basic CIT training course. Now, there are three core pieces to this approach. Tell us about inclusive collaboration. So the three core elements are the ongoing elements, which encompasses partnership, community ownership, policy and procedures. Then your second element will be your operational element, which is your CIT component with officers, dispatchers, and your coordinator. Next being curriculum is your CIT training. And then the last one will be your mental health receiving facility and your emergency services. The third core element is sustaining elements, which is evaluation and research, in-service training, recognition and honors, and then outreach, developing CIT in other communities. What does the training involve? Walk us through that part. So each training is, is going to have a localized feel to it. So some of the things that the officers will get trained in is de-escalation. We use the EAR model, which is engage, assess, and resolve. We also have an eight-hour block that is um, designed just for role-playing scenarios that officers um, have seen or will likely to encounter on the street. Excellent. Now, is this a one-time training or is it a certification program? Do people get added upgraded training? So our goal in, in Union County is to get every officer trained. We don't have the luxury of being um, having large departments where we can have volunteers or specialized units. So we want to get every officer trained at least in the basic 40-hour course. And then from there, there's advanced trainings. Uh, for example, someone with autism spectrum disorder, it can go further in depth of, of understanding stemming um, and some of maybe their, their nonverbal, how to overcome that and deal with that. So there's also advanced training for officers. A very thorough, comprehensive program. Josh, tell us about the coordinated response approach used. Yeah, so within the community, um, every agency has CIT officers. And part of what we do is we fill out a, and, and submit CIT forms 
uh, that go to the Board of uh, Mental Health and Recovery, um, and then they also assist uh, the the uh, facilities that these individuals go to and the treatment of them, and, and that's a big part of what we're doing. It allows us to track how we're doing, uh, how successful we're able to be, and it also you know, kind of creates a unified approach to it and a, some collaboration. So, Now, what comprises a CIT team right here in Union County? So our CIT officers or team is really just every officer. Um, like, you know, Morgan mentioned that we don't really have a CIT team specifically um, at the Marysville Police Department. The majority of our officers are trained as CIT officers, um, so we can, it really is everybody. So you really have it covered 24-7. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a series of action steps that routinely occur uh, in any behavioral health or substance disorder crisis response by the team. Rich, first part is obviously screening and assessing a situation. Tell us about that. Yeah, so like Officer Dill Hunt talked about, most of our officers and deputies are trained in CIT. So the initial is just get, making sure it's the right person, the right officer out on the call assessing the situation and being able to reach out to either the hospital or Mary Haven to get them in to get them help. Josh, show de-escalation, obviously the focus point here, not wanting that situation to get totally out of control. Sure, and you know, the biggest piece to de-escalation uh, is just getting people to talk um, in a calm way. It's, it's getting from the yelling to the discussion piece, and, and we'd use a lot of different strategies to do that. Um, one of the most successful ones that I've personally had experience with is just not engaging in the yelling and not being a part of it. You know, taking a deep breath myself and being that calming presence, being that calm person that's not reacting. And, and that's critical to getting others to calm down um, and, and get them to slow down and process. Morgan, in these situations, after you've gone through the de-escalation process uh, and working with that person, obviously peer support and knowing that that person's not alone, that there's somebody they can really talk to on a re regular basis has to be a critical part of everything that you're doing. It really is. Uh, something new that, that we're trying with our CIT program is a co-responder follow-up uh, with peers. And, and what that looks like is um, I had the opportunity to go out to an individual that we had had a, a few crisis calls with. We brought a peer with us from Wings in Recovery and brought them directly to that individual and allowed them to make that connection. Uh, the peer was able to talk about the programming, give that background right at that person's front door. And that's something we hope to continue and hopefully have success with. Excellent. Service coordination between medical and behavioral supports, you just kind of alluded to that with an example, is obviously another important link. Elaborate more on that. The goal, obviously, is, is to direct individuals with mental health crisis to facilities where they can get treatment. So, so the connection is going to be the officers getting trained in the CIT, being able to recognize that mental health crisis, and, and then having that location, which for us is Mary Haven, our local behavioral health assessment center, where their counselors and therapists can, can treat the individual and get them on that pathway to recovery. Now... What would be the follow-up after someone has gone through all those steps of the program? Is that in the hands end of the mental health system? Well, it is. I think, you know, we also look at community policing, and we understand in law enforcement a lot of times, you know, we get we get called on their, on their worst days, you know, and it's important to really shine the light on the positive community policing and, and check back up, do follow-ups when they're, when they're having a good day. You know, let them know we care about them just as much on bad days as we do good days. Since you've 
implemented the program here. Can you give us some idea of how successful this program is, what some of the outcomes have been? I don't have the stats in front of me. I, I can say after doing a review, we've had close to 200 um, CIT calls from calendar year 2020. Uh, we, we had no officer injuries, which is a, a stat you know we're really proud of because that's one of the basic goals of, of the CIT is, is officer safety. Uh, we did have, unfortunately, there was one injury minor uh, to a consumer, but again, a very low number. And we were able to, to see the redirection from jail to the Behavioral Health Assessment Center in real time. So it was really, you know, we're proud that we're seeing our program work. Making it a much more safer, efficient program for all concerned, for your officers and for those individuals as well. Yes. Rich, can you carry on a little bit more here about operationally for the department and use of its resources in these situations and the impact that this has made? Absolutely. So the resources, just working with Memorial Health Hospital, uh, Wings and Recovery, which is somebody we just brought on when it comes to dealing with somebody that's having a mental illness crisis. And then again, Mary Haven and the Union County Board of Mental Health and Recovery. Having all these resources on hand just makes everything run a lot smoother and it helps us get the person that's in crisis into treatment a lot sooner. When your department deals with these situations, obviously uh, it's not a bed of roses. You're dealing with a very stressful situation. So my question is, what sort of measures and actions are you doing in terms of added training uh, for your officers in dealing with these kind of crisis situations? Again, it comes back to the 40-hour the basic training for CIT, explaining to the officers how to, how to deal with somebody that's having a uh, mental health crisis. So that way they're well-informed and trained on how to deal with them. Again, it's like Officer Dale Hunt says, not getting involved with the yelling, trying to de-escalate them, to talk them down to you where you can have a conversation. And what we're seeing is more often than not is the opportunity to, once we de-escalate them, we're able to get them to a facility to get treatment started. There are a lot of ways that the community can support uh, the work that your team is doing out there. We talk about uh, opioids, uh, talk about the, the use of meloxisone and Narcan, for example. Yeah, so the biggest thing is we now have what we call the UCI care team. So this is a team that consists of Marysville Police Department, the Union County Sheriff's Office, Mary Haven, and Wings. And what we're doing is currently we're following up with uh, people that overdose and we're reaching out to them, getting them resources to get help. The biggest thing right now is we want to help people. A lot of people mistake that, you know, law enforcement, all we want to do is arrest people. That's not the case. Right now, we want to get the people the help that they need because that substance abuse, that mental illness all goes hand in hand. What's been the response you typically get after you've provided these kind of services to individuals that are in these situations? So this is a newer program. Um, it, it started really hard right before the pandemic hit. So then we had to, you know, let off as soon as the pandemic hit. So we're back to full go now. And we're seeing a, a nice increase on people reaching out to uh, Wings and to Mary Haven to get treatment. Morgan, any other ways that the community can be proactive and assist? I think just involvement. You know, August 31st is Opioid Awareness Day, a Wings Recovery. They're putting on um, naloxone testing and, and a lunch down at the pavilion in downtown Marysville. Um, some of the programs and partners that we talked about will be there. So it's a great opportunity to come out, meet, you know, your local individuals that are assisting and, and talk about, you know, a pretty serious crisis that is going on in our community. 
And again, that event will be at Partners Park, I believe. And again, yes, that sir. is the uh, 31st. 31st, Tuesday. Put the hours out there again. I believe it's going from 11 to 2. Excellent opportunity to get become engaged, learn more about the program, gather those resources, and, and talk to your department as well. Josh, uh, the use of Narcan and naloxone uh, have become increasingly more into the focus. Explain a little bit more about how that works to our listeners. Sure. So uh, naloxone or Narcan is a drug or a medicine that's used to counter the effects of an opioid addiction. Um, it effectively stops the, that opioid from uh, interacting with their body and can, in a lot of cases, save lives. What about the timing and the use of those uh, drugs? Ideally, it's, it's as immediate as possible. Um, in law enforcement, we carry naloxone with us and, and have administered it numerous times to, to help those who are overdosing. And I know that there's certain organizations in the community, for example, such as the Wings Recovery Board, that are doing training of community citizens and putting more of that out there. So there's a larger force of people available should those situations uh, happen when they are around, too. So, again, a great way for everybody to get involved with that. Josh... Another uh, avenue is mental health first aid training. And I understand that this is being carried out to some degree in Union County. Yeah, mental health first aid training is a great way that anybody uh, can get some training on how to help individuals who are in some kind of a mental health crisis. Um, it's, it's a one-day training. It's going to teach you a little bit about the different mental health disorders and ways and strategies to interact with those folks and to get them the help that they need. Now, a couple questions related to this training. How often is this done, and what about the time involved in this training? I don't know about the frequency. It's about an eight-hour training. Eight-hour training, okay. But it is available here in Union County, and I'm sure that uh, the Union County Drug-Free Coalition can post up on Facebook page when those trainings occur, and I'm sure it'll be publicized in many different other ways as well. Well, as we kind of wrap up here, and I know we've just touched the surface, we could probably talk for several hours on this topic. But again, you've all provided great, valuable information here with us. But I'd like each of you to share a very special takeaway, gem, if you will, for all of our listeners. I'm going to start with you, Rich. Thanks, Pete. Again, we care about the community and we care about the people in it. I mean, we put together this UCI care team that consists of Marysville Police Department, Union County Sheriff's Office, Marysville Fire Department, Wings, Mary Haven, and the Union County Health Department. Uh, we want people to understand that we're not out to put people in jail. We wanna get people help that need help. And a lot of people don't understand that there's resources out there. They don't know where to reach, and that's what we want. So if you need to call us, uh, you can call the Marysville Police Department, call the Union County Sheriff's Office, and we'll be happy to go out and meet with people. Can you put uh, those numbers out there, please? For the Union County Sheriff's Office, it's 937-645-4100. And the Marysville Police Department is 937-645-7300. And those numbers are available 24-7, correct? There's yes. somebody that's going to answer that phone that can provide that direction and assistance. Morgan. So the law enforcement numbers are always available 24-7. I'd also like to give uh, an additional crisis hotline through Mary Haven, it's also available 24-7. That number will be 1-800-731-5577. And also there's a 4HELP uh, text line that's available and you just text 4HELP as in the number, 4HELP to 85511. And I'm sure that those numbers, that's a lot of numbers for folks to remember, but all those numbers, those key numbers will be posted on the Union County Drug-Free Coalition's Facebook page too as an added reference. Hey Josh, what's your final word that you wanna leave out there? 
I guess the biggest thing I would say is that it's okay to not be okay and, and let people know it's okay to reach out for help. I think really um, that's the biggest challenge that we face is not the, even finding the resources. The biggest thing is people being willing to utilize the resources we have. So I would just encourage people that there's, there's nothing wrong with needing help. Um, we go to the doctor if we have medical issues. Um, you know, if, if you had a broken arm, you don't not go to the doctor. If you're having struggling with mental health issues, get help. You are not alone, and the help is there. And again, we have a great collaboration right here in Union County. Well, again, thank each of you for your time out of your busy schedules here this morning, providing value-added information. Hey, and mega kadoos to all of you for your year-round efforts in dealing with this serious health issue in a collaborative, proactive manner and making such a positive difference to the quality of life for everybody here in Union County. For additional information and resources, you can contact Nancy Beals, the Union County, Ohio Drug-Free Coalition Coordinator, Monday through Friday, contact Nancy at nancy at mhrbuc.org. That's nancy at mhrbuc.org. Also check out their website at ucdrugfree.org and on Facebook. Again, that website is ucdrugfree.org. We'll watch for details about our next podcast on the Facebook page. And until then, stay healthy and stay safe.